Hey everybody, Pastor Doug here. Welcome to week three of Love Revolution. I got a question for you. Have you ever been a part of something big, something radical, something where you took a stand and said, I'm not going to put up with it anymore? Think about it for a minute. I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask you again later on in the service. Um, have you ever marched in a protest? Hmm. Have you ever uh, made placards and protested against something? Have you ever been a part of a, a letter writing campaign where you're standing up for something in your neighborhood, your community, your HOA, um, something small, something big? Maybe you've boycotted a business or you've helped direct uh, others to uh, suspend their giving and suspend their shopping or their buying towards something. All to do what? All to kind of push back to be a part of an upheaval against something that is an established norm uh, or an established way of doing or deciding or, or treating folks? I think maybe you have. I know some of us have, at least. Um, you know, there have been all sorts of examples in our culture lately, haven't there, of uh, people pushing back against. doesn't matter where you are, uh, politically, theologically, ethnically, whateverly, uh, we have all found ourselves in waves of late of causes of standing for something, standing against something. Uh, we as a people, we as Americans, uh, we've been known for that, right? Some of y'all, hey, you might even be a part of a family that was a part of, the, uh, of this little thing called the American Revolution a couple hundred years ago. So we by nature are people who take a stand. We by nature are people who stand up for the good, the right, the just. Have you ever been a part of a protest? Have you ever been a part of a revolution? I'm going to read you for just a second uh, some teachings, and I'm going to see if these ring familiar to you. And uh, if they do, maybe you have been a part of a revolution. Uh, love your enemies. Hmm, I wonder if that was a revolutionary idea. Pray for those who persecute you. Hmm. How about if anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn and offer them the other. Hmm. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. How often should I forgive my brother and sister? Seventy times seven. Seek first the kingdom of God. What do you say, friends? Uh, are some of these revolutionary ideas? Yeah, I say they are. And I say whether we kind of realize it or not, whether we're marching or holding placards, we are part of a revolution. So I say all of that to kind of just invite us into uh, week three of Love Revolution. And what we're using for the basis of that is uh, the Beatitudes. Pastor Nick kind of set the stage for us over the last two weeks and did a great job of inviting us into kind of what I'll call the backstory. And um, you know, so often we're all guilty of this. We just zero in on a text and we don't look or read backwards or forwards about what else is going on. But I think there's a really important part that we can't repeat enough. And so this morning, as I read some of the Beatitudes, I'm going to start backwards just a little bit in Matthew 4. And listen, pay close attention to where Jesus has just been. Okay? So this is Matthew 4. Jesus is calling his first disciples. He had just done that. 
And then the text says, Matthew 4:23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease, every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountains, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I stopped right there because that's all the further we're going to go today. But I, I want you to think for just a minute about your experience with the Beatitudes. And, you know, maybe you have none at all. And, and for today's purposes, that's really actually pretty good. But a lot of us learned these as little kids, uh, maybe in Sunday school or youth group or something. And we had this sense that this was like our uh, prescription, our to-do list. This is how good Christians are supposed to be. Well, you know, that might be true. These are great things to aspire for. But I also think they were descriptive of the kingdom of God. Jesus had done what? He had just walked through. He had just been a part of the people. The people in all the different ways. You know, I read you a, a list of some of the different conditions of the people. And so, you know, what I make up is Jesus went up the mountain and was still digesting, was still kind of having that wash over him. And he, he sat down and he pronounced a blessing on the people. He pronounced that blessed are all of these people. I think he also announced that, you know, this is what the kingdom of God is going to be like. And in so doing, he began to kind of turn the world on its ear. He began to kind of reset the paradigm for power and for esteem and for worth. For us then, my friends, that is revolutionary. Whether it was, it was revolutionary then, it continues to be revolutionary now because as you consider those, and I hopefully you'll continue to read uh, the Beatitudes on your own, these are not necessarily folks and conditions that are esteemed. They are not measures of success. They are not the rich, the healthy, the wealthy, so forth and so on, that usually have power in kingdoms. Well, the power that Jesus brought, the kingdom that Jesus came to announce, was a whole different kind of world, wasn't it? So for our purposes today, for my purpose at least, I was assigned uh, Beatitude, let's see, it's number seven. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Merciful. Gosh, that's a really churchy kind of word, isn't it? Mercy, have mercy. There's some great songs that have that phrase in it. But I wonder what, um, maybe we should spend a minute just talking about what that means. Um, to condense it all down in just regular words, it's to release from judgment. It's uh, 
you might say it's to not get what's coming to you. Uh, it's usually kind of a, a judgmental phrase. It's like, I'm an authority, I'm your boss, I'm your judge, I'm over you, and I uh, am deciding to release you from, to suspend judgment, to cut you some slack, give you a break. There's all sorts of other ways and words that we, uh, we describe that in our culture today. My observation is that uh, very few of us really ever end up in this big judgmental chair, right, where we're kind of making decrees and declarations of forgiveness and not forgiveness and releasing from penalty and doing this and that. But I do believe that we are creatures of uh, exacting or not exacting mercy every day in many different places, and we are... Uh, quick on the draw. Now, um, I say we, I'm going to kind of own that I'm, and I've shared with y'all before, that I'm a, a, I am an impatient judger. I will decide very quickly uh, all sorts of different things about you. Um, I wonder for our purposes and for our getting our head around judgment, if we might, uh, and about mercy, exploit what I think are some everyday opportunities for you and I to, uh, to be merciful. At the end of each one of these, I'm going to remind us of a scripture text that uh, Jesus gave us. So, here's the first one. What if uh, you find yourself in a situation where you are waiting on something? Uh, I was just complaining this morning about having to wait on a delivery for a product uh, for my house that's now four months in the arrears. Uh, the salesperson called yesterday and apologized, and uh, I had to make a choice to extend mercy to him and to his company because now it's been uh, what I think is this extra long, crazy amount of time, all right? I could have been a jerk and just been all up on my judgment and kind of scolded him and them. You know what? It, it's not his fault. It's the world's fault right now. Everything is kind of uh, jacked up. So what about you? How do you show mercy when you are, uh, when you're waiting, when you're waiting on a delivery, when you're waiting on somebody to get in the car because it's time to go, when you're waiting for your turn in the doctor's office, when you're waiting in traffic, when you're waiting, 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 how's that working out for you? And, and when it finally arrives, do you receive this person or this product graciously? Or are you merciful? Let me uh, just remind us of a little text from Paul that might kind of serve as an undergirding of what we might should do. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. How's that, how's that working out for you? Mercy and forgiveness. They're really either, uh, you know, sides of, of the same coin. In extending mercy, you are also forgiving. In being forgiving, you are extending mercy. So, another everyday occurrence in most of our lives, especially if you are uh, down in the city very much, Let's imagine that you come upon a situation uh, at an intersection where somebody's holding a sign asking for help. What 
clicks into your mind almost immediately. Oh my gosh, poor guy, poor gal, how can I help them? Man, if that's, if that's your attitude, way to go. Some of us kind of kick into judge zone. Ugh, wonder what they did to get here. Wonder what they didn't do to get here. Man, they got what's coming to them. We come out with quick declarations. Are those, um, are those showing mercy? I don't know. What would it be like to show mercy to the guy or the gal standing on the corner, July, 100 degrees? What do you think? What if we uh, did the work we need to do to just suspend judgment? You don't know their story. You don't know them at all. So step off the judgment seat and uh, imagine what else could be true. Cut them some slack. Practice generosity. How can you be generous of spirit? Can you look up at least and say hi? Some people go out in the world prepared and have bottles of water, uh, bags of, uh, you know, fresh pair of socks, some granola bars, or what have you. Another teaching that might, uh, gosh, it's going to serve as a reminder and a little bit of a poke in the ribs. Matthew 25 goes, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then I'll say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. I was naked, and you did not give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Friends, every day... We have opportunities to live into that, don't we? Another opportunity that I think we have every day, gosh, especially in this high-volume, cranked-up social media world, um, have you ever had anybody wound you? Oh, I don't mean with a you know knife, gun, or spear, but, man, words. Words hurt. Has, everybody, has anybody ever just really punched in the nose? by saying something that was uh, mean, not true, slanderous, demeaning. Uh, what did you do in return? Did you, did you punch him back with your words or your fist? What else could be true? What if in that moment, man, I know uh, we all want to kind of retaliate, don't we? But what if we instead lived into this, uh, this condition of being merciful? What would it take for you and I in that moment just to, to have a snap that says, you know what, Meyer, don't hit send. Matter of fact, don't even uh, think about it. Maybe lift that brother or sister in, in prayer. Because you and I both know that we have all been guilty of uh, doing likewise. We have used words to inflict pain. We have told stories that inflict pain. Some of us have betrayed others. Some of us have just outright uh, been slanderous folks. Next time you think about doing something like that, let me invite you to remember um, what Jesus said to Peter. Matthew 18, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive him? You know, I think Peter was looking for like maybe, well, I don't know, a couple times. Jesus said, uh, not seven times, but I tell you, 70 times seven.
Friends, being merciful is a, uh, it's a pretty big task, really. I think sometimes we suspend it as, a, oh, yeah, 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 most of the time I'm very merciful, Doug. I think that I'm, I'm merciful and other people are merciful and, gosh, we're all going to be merciful together. Are you? Are you really? I want to wrap up our time together this morning by asking you a couple of simple questions. Think about these and, and pray over what your answer might be. Do you, do I, do unto others as I would have them do unto me? Therein, my friends, is putting feet to mercy. Does the mercy you and I receive from God affect the way we treat others? Does the mercy you and I receive from God affect the way we treat other folks? Friends, I invite you to join me in this revolution. A revolution that uh, is going to turn the world on its ear, that continues to turn the world on its head in small, soft, simple ways or in big, generous, servant ways. Come join me and be a part of the revolution. What do you say? Let's pray. God, being a part of a revolution is a great cause. And, well, sometimes we, uh, we're big talkers and low on the energy level. We talk a lot, but we do little. We need to confess that. But help me and help us, oh God, who to use the Beatitudes as a template for a new and different way of being, for extolling the folks uh, who Jesus blesses. And for looking at this as a challenge. How might I and how might we change our heart, oh God, be revolutionary kingdom builders with you here and now, today and forever. Amen. Friends, another revolutionary act that you do so very well is you give to the mission and ministries of Treach. And gosh, throughout COVID and throughout the summer, you all continue to do that. And we can't say thank you enough. One of the ways that we're trying to make that easier for you is through uh, the system called QR codes. You simply snap that with your uh, camera in your phone <clears throat> and it takes you right to a link where you'll be able to do that. I hope you'll, uh, you'll do it. It's as easy as going out to eat. At restaurants now, they all use QR codes. So click on that, share what you can, and know that we are always grateful.